0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Mental Threads Podcast. This is the 46th edition. I am here with Dean Joy Hartfield. Uh, Yeah, I had to look at the tag (laughs) because I didn't know what her first name was. Uh, But yeah, she's the Dean of Students, correct?
1: Yes, Assistant Vice Chancellor and Dean of Students.
0: Yes, that, that that's a lot. <laughs> I don't think I can remember that. <laughs> Dean Hartfield's fine. <laughs> yeah, Dean Hartfield. Um, and it's like before coming to an HBCU, I understand uh, you basically were going to uh, uh, PWIs mostly.
1: Yeah, so just a little bit of background. So I do work here, serving our students here at NCCU. Um, but before coming here, I did work at PWIS, and so uh, directly before here, I was at the University of Wisconsin Madison. So beautiful campus, you know, beautiful institution, brilliant students, but very different um, culturally. And so even though I am an African American woman, I did experience culture shock actually coming to nccu um, as far as my uh, difference in work environment and just culture um, it was very different it was very different
0: i I bet it was man i I went to predominantly (laughs) white schools my whole life and i'm telling you it's um it it wasn't the best experience Mm -hmm. (laughs) really really wasn't like I'm, i'm pretty sure the most uh positive experiences i ever had school-wise consistently was definitely at NCCU. I ain't never had no problems with teachers nothing mm-hmm. have good relationships with all my instructors and everything uh, so if i see him i just say hi and everything and be conversational if i want to and it's like you know since it wasn't until i came to this school that i really actually got to be like like more academically like you know uh, not put on a pedestal in a sense, but just kind of like that's why I realized myself as an honor roll student was here. And I didn't even think, you know, the me and honor roll student was just in the same sense. I didn't even considered it. I know I said it in the last episode. So it's just like, in terms of how the environment kind of switched up between there and here and stuff of that nature, what are some things that you know you like and what are things that kind of inspire you to like really take your position as Dean of Students?
1: Yeah, so. I think I, I liked a lot of things that you said because, um, you know, some people can take it. You could take that one of two ways to say, you know, you come here and this is the, the, your opportunity at the time you've had to to flourish. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the support system and an environment that may be conducive to your educational success, and so this may be this the best environment for you to be able to really flourish academically, and so that's awesome, and um, I think that's the case for a lot of students who choose to come to HBCU. Um, I'm, I'm here um, because I, I see myself in the students who attend here, and I understand the students here in a way that I, uh, and connect in a way that you, know, you may not necessarily consistently do at a PWI. And so here, you know, I understand when you get frustrated and you react a certain way, I I can read you a little bit better. I can better, uh, you know, see what's happening. Or if you get really angry in a certain scenario, I'm like, hmm, I know what that looks like. I recognize that fundamentally, not just as a practitioner in my field, but also as a black woman. I can see that in your eyes, what is happening being around a lot of other black women uh, in my own family and my own friends, uh, you know, for the most part. And so that familiarity and that, you know, recognition of, you know, body language and verbiage, all of that helps me to be able to serve the students here much better, um, which makes it a better experience when they're interacting with me and gives them that trust that they need to know I can go to my dean if I need something, you know, or, Dean Hartford don't play that. Yeah, you're right. And so and you know that, but you also know I have your back um, because of that connection that I have to be able to serve you better.
0: So people come to you basically just they're something like they're kind of like grinding their gears a little bit, like they're, they're just kind of <laughs> frustrated with something?
1: No, it's a combination of things. And so a lot of the work um, kind of centers around care and concern and crisis response, I can say that. So my areas of responsibility are um, the Office of Student Conduct. So you actually saw Mrs. Highsmith, the director, uh, a few minutes ago, and so she's a member of my team. Um, The Office of Student Advocacy, so that's Miss Starr, uh, who can help with books and things like that. Case management in the Office of the Dean of Students um, is, is also the area. And then we have our initiatives, our, you know, transitions pantry, our community central initiative. I'm um, not sure if you went on our walk the other week and things like that. And so when something happens on campus, like, you know... Um, a bad fight or someone goes to the hospital or you know any type of serious incident the police immediately call me and so i would be that first point of contact for response so do i need to go to the hospital to meet that student is the student okay are they alert did you call mama do i need to call mama depending on, on what has happened you know if there is a unfortunately a student death that's something that my my office leads um the process for so you know contacting all the necessary people, getting spiritual development dialogue, Miss you know Pastor Gloria, getting her here on campus, counseling, everything from the immediate all the way to the, you know do we need to bus some folks to the funeral? All right, let's get them back. How are we going you know how am I gonna make sure it's paid for? To I need to close out your financial aid record so I collaborate with all the campus partners and pulled them together in an emergency meeting. So it just, there's a combination of things um, that we're responsible for, but behavioral issues, anybody who's in crisis, say someone has a mental health kind of meltdown, but, you know, they haven't violated the code of conduct, but they're not well. We have to assess that to see... Are you okay to be here? Are you okay? What can we do to, to make sure that you're okay? And we build a plan around you if we need to do that. And so that's a team, the BIT team. Then we have the SART, Sexual Assault Response Team. And so that's a thing. And then just miscellaneous issues that students may have. You know, someone may have a hold on their account for something, and they're like, I don't know why this is here. And it's like, okay, well, let's walk through it. Or, you know, someone may have an issue with the professor, and they're not able to communicate well together. All right, how do we get that resolved? What do we need to do? So it can be, you know, a, a myriad of things that students are needing, but they know who to, to come to if they're not quite sure where to go.
0: Okay. Would you attribute that to like like a mother goose type uh, <laughs> archetype, just saying, or it's just like, it's just, just caregiving type stuff of that would you attribute it to kind of something similar to that? Or?
1: I think my personal style probably does, um, you know, kind of mimic some of those characteristics. Um, my, my style being more, you know, caring and, you know, I, I recognize the importance of connecting Mm -hmm. You know, connecting with who you are as a person is not just, you know, you're a student here. No, you're not a number. You're a human being. And I'm looking at you. I'm like, yes, you know, this is the kid who had the funniest joke I've ever seen, heard in my life in the Mac. And I went home and told my husband that joke. And he also laughed Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to repeat what you said, but it was funny. about mm. uh, that boy looking like the Grinch with his green, <laughs> <his> green <laughs> sweat on. Oh, goodness, that was a good one. Oh, you were right there? Like, yeah, right there. I was right beside you. I didn't think- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Is, I guess, like, I, guess cause we, I guess we just kind of all blend in together. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I would be thinking like, you know, it's just you don't really mm-hmm. realize that like you the some of the staff, like you're just like mm-hmm. you're just staff. But sometimes you blend in with us. and It's just kind of hard to tell. Yeah, I, did. I didn't know if you were there or not and everything. Because mm-hmm. it's just like I know I know you're sitting next to me around. I didn't think you were there to hear that. I not
1: I mean, I wasn't, but then someone told a joke and everybody kept talking. And I did have on a T-shirt. I I'd slip my T-shirt on because I was eating a real messy lunch and I didn't want to get my dress um, dirty. But uh, but somebody made a joke and then you came in and your joke was so, it was good. It was hilarious. <laughs> and it was funny, but that's that's what I see. I don't just see, you know, the student who maybe you have this, you know, this argument with, you know, one of the guys in the Mac no, but you also are the kid who has come here and does well, real, really well academically, who also maybe had a super great time, you know, turning up last week. You're, you're not just one thing. You're a culmination of beautiful things, and I'm here to help be a part of that. And so when you know I see that, you're willing to, to let me help you, and that's the joy of it for me. So even if it's me getting on to you or if it's me encouraging you or if it's me directing you to a resource, I'm, I'm helping to build this person who's gonna be able to stand on their own and succeed as, as an adult when you leave here in the way that I'm supporting you, that challenge and that support.
0: Okay. That's great that you uh, Kind of bring out that joke of Also I know I mean the, I, I feel like there might be Some listeners That might listen to And wonder like What kind of joke Are they talking about Okay okay See I have a friend Named Alejandro Or whatnot. He who's wearing Like a green uh, Long sleeve shirt And people would just See ribbon on him For the long green shirt And he also had a like A little Habib Or something Something around Like covering on his head Like a Like a little Middle Eastern A Middle Eastern a Habib Or whatever And people were just Kind of like What's it called Hijab I think
1: it's a uh... Hijab when, when women wear
0: it, I believe. Okay. It's a, it's a hijab or something. Like it's not he wore a green shirt and a white and black hijab. It was kind of mismatching and everything, and people were just kind of looking at him all weird about it. I just kind of like grossing him a little bit. And I'm just like, you know, he kind of looks a whole lot like the Grinch that stole Ramadan. And <laughs> a lot of people were just kind of laughing at that. It's just it was just in my head because when he said like uh, something about his clothes, like all oh, they match, it's like that that don't match at all. And it's just like that was just the first that popped in my head. I mean, I guess that's just a wonderful thing about this environment too, because it's like, you know, it kind of brings me back to my roots where I was kind of like the class clown in class. I'm I'm more like chill right now and everything, because I don't really try too much. I'm more focused on my work and everything. But it's just like I feel like that's the healing part about being at a an HBCU and everything. But like, this was a whole lot of stuff I had to deal with before I even came here. That I'm still, in a sense, trying to heal from and everything. And it's still like a process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this place has really shown me, shown me that it, like there's always is gonna be people that support you, in all sorts of matters too. So it's like when you bring up things like you know like how like you're basically like a like a the huge like, caregiver and everything, where you're pretty much there for students who are in the hospital or they're going through a certain crisis and stuff of that nature. I feel like that's a very good position that you're feeling and uh, as an individual and one that kind of just falls in sync with a lot of your qualities from what I'm seeing and stuff of that nature. But I feel like that's just the beauty of like going to an HBCU. It's like I feel like there's just nothing but love all around. I know I was going through a very very tough time not too long ago in September, where I feel like I was reaching my lowest because I have I'm struggling with a certain uh, medical condition. That I have been dealing with since like I was 18, and I have no clue what the what the um, what the cure is. We're still trying to find that cure and everything. I think there's something coming from me. Uh, straight out my native Liberia that might help my situation, but I you know we won't know what's till we know. Uh, I've been going to spiritual guys. They said I'm going to get through it and everything. Dude was really accurate on a whole lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just like I I just had to learn just to let it go and just not worry. And it's just like what really kind of upset me in September was just like I feel like I lost a whole lot of time. And that's just kind of pushed me to feeling like kind of suicidal myself. But I don't want to talk too much about me. It's just like it's just noticing that like, like even when I spoke to people about it, Like, even in the MES Achievement Center, as you can see, like, it's just, like, you don't really expect people to kind of reach out to you and everything. And then you realize even Alejandro, the same one I was talking about, the Mm -hmm. Grinch. (laughs) And even July, the same one I was laughing the most about it. Um, They were one of the main two people that came to check on me, like, personally. And then it's just, like, everybody just saying, like, hey, you know, we got you. We're here Mm -hmm. for you. And everything, you know, and the thing is, they don't even make you feel bad about it and everything. They're just like, you know, they just treat you like every other day. It's like mm-hmm. the same and everything, you know. It's like you don't even, I don't even, sometimes I don't even remember that they even happened in September. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of it because like people don't put it in your face or nothing. Like, oh, remember that time in September 1? you know, because that's all yeah. the people I had back then were just folk that just kind of like, um, put their put um, my flaws and my problems to back in my mm-hmm. face. So I just kind of forgot about it, yeah. and I feel that's a wondrous environment. It's like what I had in HBCU, you know. So it's just like you know, it's just it's just kind of uh, bittersweet how it's like I really couldn't take all the HBCU experience all together because of this condition and everything. Because you know, I wish if it, if not, I would have been like a hundred percent like all the time. I'm more like I'm more like sixty five like fifty percent <laughs> most mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. But it's like, uh, but it's still a blessing that I even touched down here for so many years and everything. And you know, it's just stuff of that nature. Um, would you say like, you know, like I don't say your life has been like. How long you've been pretty much doing the whole deans and students thing? <laughs> how long have you been doing it for again?
1: Well, so um, you be zooming. You zoom right into this one. So I, I, wanted to say that the the awesome thing about being in the space is, and this is I'm gonna answer your question, but I wanted to to, okay. to comment is community and that you know my husband laughs at me all the time he's like oh student affairs even though we're at home and we're watching like something you know and I'm like oh look the story is about building community and people being there for each other and I love that stuff like it just it that resonates with me and that is one of the differences about being in an HBCU setting is that there's sort of a, a layer that you get to skip like the you don't, there's a step you skip because there's a some of somewhat of a shared experience for a majority of the students here, even though you all are so different, you have your own backgrounds, you were raised in your own ways, even if you're from the same town, there's so much diversity even within the institution. But there's also an overall shared experience that you can automatically connect on. And so when you then, within that, find a community like the one that you're a part of with people who genuinely are there for you, you can't get any better than that. That's 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 what it's all about is being having people that you can uplift, but people who are going to uplift you when you're not well too. But also people who really have your genuine interest at heart, um, because you know, we we know. So any any like <laughs> how Santa Claus knows everything. I know everything. And my job is to make sure that whatever we put in place, you get to choose how you want to engage with the resources. But somebody's going to make sure they check in on you. It's so up to you if you want to, you know, call them back or come see them. But we're going to come and make sure you know. So at the end of the day, you know that there's somebody here for you. But when you're able to have that on your own, too, that's so powerful. So I'm glad that those guys were able to be there for you. And that's empowering. And it should give you, you know, it's it's, it's that uplift you need when you can't. When you're not 100%, they can fill in the gaps and, and give you what you need to be like, wow, you care. You, you came and checked on me. Mm-hmm. Not from a judgmental place, but from a, you're my brother, and you're my sister, or you my dean, and you care, you really care. So I just wanted to, to, to speak to that. But um, I've worked here uh, for five years. Mm. And so, um, and like I said before that, I was at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Before that, I was at the University of Central Arkansas. So I've known since I was a uh, first-year student in my graduate program that I wanted to be a dean. Um, That was the goal for me. Some people want to be a president or a vice president, which is what Dr. Coleman does. Um, She's vice president, right? And um, she's my boss. Uh, But I wanted to be the dean of students. I, I did it. Uh, my practicum experience for my graduate program in the dean's office and doing conduct and hearing cases and, you know, having, you know, mediations and uh, behavioral correction meetings and just create new initiatives. And I knew that I loved it and knew that I was good at it, even at a PWI, where I'm, you know, able to find that common ground even there. And it can be a little tricky sometimes, um, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so when my husband and I went to Wisconsin, I I think I pretty quickly figured out I needed to not be there for too, too long. Like I said, it's a gorgeous place. Beautiful, beautiful place. Beautiful, you know, just aesthetically you can't get any any, more, any beautiful, more beautiful than Wisconsin, but it wasn't the right fit just community wise for us, you know, a lot of good people there. Um, but I think we, we were looking for something a little bit different or we're needing something a little bit different for us outside of work, um, considering how taxing it can be working in a space. Like a Wisconsin, you know, babies don't, babies there. Those, that picture on my wall, I know you all can't see it on the podcast, but you see all those, a lot of those people in that picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those were some of my students from Wisconsin in that picture in the middle that says, We love joy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you see their little faces? Oh, yeah, no,
0: it's light
1: up. You, you see only a couple of brown faces up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of my students, like that was my staff, so I picked the students who were on there. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the staffs didn't have a lot of brown folks. A lot of the the students weren't, weren't brown students. Um, and a lot of them had never even been around black people mm-hmm. before. So the first time you're around somebody and they're your supervisor, you don't even know how to interact because yeah. it didn't naturally occur to you to just treat them like a regular, they, maybe they're just a regular person. But because I do have differences because, you know, it's like they don't want to say the wrong thing, but then sometimes they do say the wrong thing. And when they do, I'm still their educator. So just like one of y'all may come in here sassy with attitude and then forget who you're talking to, and I have to remind you the same thing. They may come in and say something super inappropriate, and I'm like, hey, even though it's harmful to me, you being sassy, I, I, can, I can address that and move on. But you saying something that may be a microaggression or you may have accidentally said something racist to me, I'm still your educator, so now I have to figure out how to correct that. But now I also have to deal with the fact that somebody said something that was impactful. And that's a lot. That's a lot. And so you need community outside of work to help send, recenter you and help you to be in a, in a good place. And so we needed to, to, to transition from there to find more of that. So North Carolina, we both work in higher ed. and so North Carolina has tons of schools. And we decided we were going to move to the to Raleigh-Durham area. And uh, my husband got a job at Elon. University and um, I got a job here at NCCU so he then transitioned here he works here as well now Um, because I was having a a really powerful experience definitely can be challenging at times and like I said it's different than what I was trained in however people are people and my people are my people and my babies are my babies and so you know Yes, that's, that's that. I hope I answered your question. I don't even
0: remember what it was. No, no. It, well, I, I mean, regardless of the answer, it's a podcast. <laughs> it's a conversation first. So it's like as long as you feel like you well express yourself and for other people to kind of just take it in, that's, that's pretty much all that matters, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, wow, that's a very wonderful way of looking at I know I got a comment. It's like, it's like, you know, yeah, I remember, like, being in, like, uh, situations where I've been, like, mostly, like, I don't want to say the only black person person in the room because it's like you know a lot of these schools still there'd still be a couple black people but it's just like you know considering I would be predominantly white and so on it was just I had to deal with the stigmas of having to kind of like blend in with that culture but at the same time being kind of distanced from my own culture so it's like you kind of feel like you're more isolated like more of an enigma in a sense so you kind of had to deal with that that backdraft and everything you know it's just you know it's just the horrors I had to deal with man I don't be like the horrors but it's just like it just there were points where I had like very good times and times where I was happy but then there was also times where it just kind of straight up traumatic mm-hmm. and just like just stuff I'm still to even this day like I'm 23 I'm still trying to heal from like things that happened like in middle school mm-hmm things that happen in high school, things that happen in community college and everything. Mm-hmm. This, since my tenure here, there's really nothing that went wrong, in a sense, mm-hmm. at NCCU. But it's like it's still like a sense, like I'm still trying to heal from these issues that happened in the past. That in a yeah. sense, it kind of took away from the experience yeah. a lot here because I'm still trying to focus on that mm-hmm. and everything. But I feel like this has been a very good healing experience for me also, you know, because of the sense, yeah, but it's just it's just life that is as it is. As a whole, and I just think it's just wonderful that, you know, like, we all fall in sync with our roles in the future. There's some people in life that shouldn't be teachers, you know, some people that just become teachers just because they like to domineer, because they want to, I guess, maybe there are points where they felt weak, and so when they're in a position of power, they can be, like, looking down on people and blah, blah, blah. And then we have those that staff that actually love their job, that are dedicated to their job. So just hearing, like, the stuff that you're saying and everything, I'm pretty much convinced that you do love your job. <laughs> and that you actually have a dedication to the students here at NCCU and everything. I understand it's just, like, even, like, you know, you're not really liking it. Well, you... You used to be kind of an educator, but like now you're just like, you're just a caregiver, basically.
1: Now. Oh, that's hilarious. So um, my degrees, well, my, my first degree is in communication with a concentration in mm-hmm. PR. But my my uh, master's degree is in college student personnel services and administration. So my, my education is in being an educator in the college level. So I'm not a professor. Well, I, I teach, you know, I'm an instructor. I teach some, you know, courses. However... Um, as an educator is, is not just a person who teaches in the classroom. Now, those are the people, my hats off to those folks, especially ones in K-12, you know, who do that. God bless them. Um, because that's, you know, that's God's work. However, when you, if someone comes in here and they're frustrated, Right. And they come in and they are sassy. And I say that because it's a lot of attitude going around here in this this brand new little class. They don't sophomores and freshmen, got a little attitude. Well, before I engage with you, because I'm not the customer service lady at, at Apple. Now, you shouldn't be talking to her wild either. But I think some people get it confused to think, oh, you're just here as a customer service person. Or uh, particularly other people at campus. Most of the students here are aware that that's not how we're going to engage. However... When you come to the door, no one may have checked you on the fact that that's not okay. No one may have informed you or taken the time to say, not only are you not going to talk to me like that, let me explain to you why that's not okay. That's my responsibility as an educator. I don't get to just say, you get out of my office. I'm not going to talk to you. You don't talk to me like that. Now, I can tell you, you can come back if you can't get it together right now. We're not going to talk right now if you can't, but... That's not the end of the conversation for me because I have a responsibility. As an educator, outside of the classroom, there's a lot of learning that happens. That's why so many people are employed, that's why student affairs is a whole division. So housing, that's outside of the classroom. Career services, that's outside of the classroom. Student engagement and all their events and activities, that's outside of the classroom. There has to be learning done there and people have to be equipped as educators to be able to do that, um, the LGBT, um, uh, QA plus resource center, there's learning that happens. They do workshops, they teach outside of the classroom. So uh, it's, I have certain responsibilities to make sure that I'm sharing with you and,
0: it make sure. yeah, yeah, okay, so. <laughs> share it
1: with you and, um, and educating, uh, beyond the books. Because I can't help you with anybody's math. Mm-mm. You come in here, we can pray, I can go help you find a tutor. We will go to the ends <laughs> of the earth looking for a tutor. You know, I got like, some people I went to college with, they're engineers. One of my line sisters, she's most, the smartest person ever. I can't help you. So I will call, phone a friend. But um, what I can do is is provide the direction uh, in a lot of different other ways and talk about decision making, We talk about resolving conflict, we talk about self-awareness, you know, we talk about your, your care for yourself. Um, the critical component of having community when, for anybody, but in particular, it comes really in handy when you're in distress or something rough is going on to have people around you who love you. For somebody to coach you on that, those are the life skills that you need to go along with your career readiness. So I need you to be able to go work a job and do really well or go start your business and do really well, but I also need you to know how to do life. And to think beyond what you came here being able to process. Mm-hmm. You were you were, came here thinking a certain way. I need to be able to help you expand that by the time you leave. And that is a part of my responsibility mm. as an educator.
0: Oh, yeah. No, definitely <laughs> got to expand it for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of having a little bit of a lecture on this podcast. No, my bad. Sure. I'm no, sorry. No, I'm hey, nothing wrong. No, no, no. It's a good lecture. I don't mean lecture is in a bad <laughs> lecture. Like, your mom's looking down. Not not Bad Mother Goose mm-hmm. Lecture, nah. just more like, oh yeah, here's some things, like, learn. But <laughs> I mean, that's, that's wondrous. That's very wondrous um, that you actually put in that perspective and everything. I know, like, you know, a lot of y'all have a whole lot more impacts in our lives than most of our parents do, to be honest, because it's like, you know, y'all have different perspectives on life and everything, you know. My my folks were, like, immigrants and so on, and, like, you know, they give me everything they got and so on, but it's like most of the time I'm around, like, teachers and instructors anyway. So it's like it's good that the that the relationship actually stays like positive in a sense. So. And so it's just like, you know, would you say, like, you know, in, in relationship with a lot of your students, like in the past and even till now, like the students you have to deal with now and everything, would you say, like, I don't want to say, like, you know, it's imp- impactful for sure, but could you bring up, like, a time or maybe, like, a moment where it's just, like, you know, where a student maybe was going through a very, very rough period a time and maybe, like, you probably, like, help them, like, reset their mindset or maybe would help them or maybe assist them through that uh, very struggling time and whatnot?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, the thing about jobs in higher ed, um, a lot of educators is you, we don't always get the immediate thank you. And depending on your job, you may not hear it. You may just happen to see somebody be successful one day and you're like, oh, my gosh, I know that kid. And you're like, oh, I know I had something to do with their success. That's exciting. That's awesome. And sometimes that has to be enough because they may never tell you. Right. You just you know the impact. So even if you come in here and you ask me for something and I say no, I may know at that moment me saying no was the best thing for you. You may not have known that in the moment. And you may be mad, but I can rest at night knowing, Whew, I know I did the right thing. Even though you're mad now, you may realize a little bit later or you may not, but if I had said yes in that moment, I would have caused you harm. So you but you may not have recognized it, so you know can't I always give you what you want. I've lost track of my thoughts. I was sitting here looking at you. What were we talking about? Let's go back.
0: That's how you can get it back together.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what we talk about, baby.
0: Probably that point. We probably probably go to commercials and everything. Like, oh, this is <laughs> yeah, brought but, to you by Sonics. Yeah, talk space. Huh? Yeah, talk space,
1: huh? <laughs> um Yeah. So um, I don't know. I'm just gonna hop in there and just just start talking about. You know, so for real, what, we, what was your last
0: question? I mean, it was mostly just like this a moment like where you probably were just helping a student. Gosh, gotcha, there just, we go, yeah. an
1: example. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so I think some of my biggest uh, examples of students coming back around, when it comes to helping them, I, I, there's usually a, an immediate expression of gratitude, just a, a thank you, um, you know, we'll send an email back or sometimes students will, you know, cry out of just... You know, if you don't know how something's going to get resolved, it could seem like the end of the world. It could just seem like, oh, I can't get my advisor on, on email. I can't register for classes. If I can't register for classes, I can't go to school. Oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be able to go to school. And it's like, okay, we, you went from zero to, to 100, and I have a solution for you, so let's figure it out. Boom, boom, boom. We're good. Oh, my gosh, thank you so much. You know, that type of thing. I think the most impactful for me was during my time as a director of student conduct, um having students who I had to send some of them home and that was a hard decision well sometimes it was easy sometimes students made it real easy but it it would be hard if it's like you're a phenomenal young person after sitting and talking with you however you did this thing and I have to hold you accountable and here's the option you know that I have here so but to see those students who I had to suspend because they weren't ready to be here at that time They were making decisions that were harmful to themselves or harmful to others, and the right decision was, I have to to separate you from university. But when that student then comes back the next year, and they're like, you know what? That had to happen. Had you not sent me home, I would have continued to make these bad decisions, or I would have continued to to get bad grades because I wasn't ready or I wasn't focused, but now I'm ready. And they come back, and then they soar. that's the best. That's the best thing. I, I still have a note from, I think, four years ago when a young man, I did have to separate him from university, and he came back and he wrote a note to me, and he just thanked me for suspending him from school and said that that was the best thing that had ever happened to him in his young adult life and that and he told me all the great things he was doing and how he was doing well and, you know, back in school and all that, and I just I couldn't have been prouder of him but grateful to be able to be a part of his journey, even though at that time he was big mad. And I understood, but I, I still made the right decision based on what I knew was the right thing to do. Um, and I, I, could, I could always stand up on that. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, surely, man, most definitely. Like seriously, like a lot of us really go through different stages in life and everything. There's like one moment with like all your focus on is like this thing, then another thing. I know like my evolution as a student and everything, like in elementary school, like I was too much of a daydreamer and everything. I didn't really care too much about school. Like I I, I thought school was just a place to kinda hang out with friends type or just, you know, it was just stuff in between that we just kinda had to balance it out with mm-hmm. and everything. Uh and that was the time and then middle school I was just kinda like like just trying to make it and trying to like do the best I can, but then there was always something going on, so I couldn't really focus. Yeah. Same thing with high school so to a certain degree and everything, it felt like I was just kind of winging it. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to get to the next spot and everything. I didn't really like the high school either. In mm-hmm. community college, I just completely broke me down and everything. I just, I just didn't know where I was going, what I was going to do and everything. I separated from so many people and so on. Um, and then it's just like trying to really rebuild myself, and then it just led me here. And all it really takes is the courage to really take that next step, you know. Just realize that it's just like you know, sometimes you gotta look inward, and sometimes you just gotta stop messing with the same circles of people, you know. It's just like I can't really imagine how many times it's just like my heart was just broken by just people who I thought were just were like really friends of mine and everything. It just. I'll tell you, man, I, I still look back at it from time to time and everything, you know, your heart from t- moment to moment, from time from time again, you know, friends turn their back on you, people who you thought you were your friends, and they really weren't. And then it's just like a lot of that really breaks down your spirit, you know, you end up being like humiliated, embarrassed all types of ways for things that just could have been. Things that could have been knocked out in 5 to 10 like minute conversations, you know, things go on in the background, your friends don't support you, they don't really like uh, warn you or nothing. You basically do everything for them that they wouldn't even do for you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, I feel like people like that yeah, just are you always the ones that get hurt the most throughout yeah. life. And then just moving forward, trying to learn to, like, you know, just make friends again, you know, connect with others again, you know, but at the same time, try to set boundaries and probably keep your distances and be to kind of, like, help you out, you know, to just kind of just protect your mental health, you know. It's just, it's just one of those things um, that we all have to go through in a sense. So it's just like, you know, you know, it's just I just kept pushing and here I am now. I'm on my way to graduate, too. I'm literally talking to my... Friends out there, they want to come to my graduation party and everything in December, and just realized I had, I made a I tried to make a list and I'm like, wow, I really got a long list of people that are that might show up to my graduation party, mm-hmm. and I had no clue. I feel like a lot of things in life, when it comes to just you know trans transition as as a student, and everything, it's just kind of realizing that everything that you lost really isn't really a loss. Yeah. And that a lot of, like, uh, things that are coming in your life, it's just it's on their way, you know? You know, it's not really just, you know, I'm still young and so on. I'm sure he was young, too. So it's just, like, for him to just even thank you and let you know that like, what you stood for in his life, you know, that's just... I feel like that's what a true educator would do and everything that pretty much set the standard and stuff of that nature. So it's just... It's just stuff stuff like that, you know, it's just like you really never know where you're gonna go until you keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. And it's like I feel like that's just I feel like that's just a wonderful thing that a lot of us has pretty much found during our time at NCCU. A lot of people dropped out. You know, I had friends who came here they just couldn't do it. Yeah. And there's just some people that just couldn't do it. For some reason I'm still here. Yeah. Through God I'm still here. And you know that's just it. You know, it's just it's all just a matter of like how we get through this journey. So it's just like I feel like that's wonderful that you have such an impact on this guy's life. Although it's like you, you pretty much went into detail on like what he did, right? To pretty much get this mentor. You don't you don't have to explain it if you don't want to. Uh, hazing. Just hazing. Okay, okay, yeah, that, that seems about.
1: Yeah, seems about a right. Bit
0: and hazing. And, uh, he pretty much has a degree right now, right? He does. Mm. He
1: does that, yeah. And, I, and I, oddly enough, I tell students all the time. Actually, I told a young lady, was it yesterday? My days running together. Yesterday or day before, some young ladies who got into it real bad, and um, both of them happened to know me, mm. just from different interactions on campus. Now, both of them were wrong. One of them was wronger than the other one. But they, I'm gonna call Danielle. She got me. Now you know better. You can call me, but let me remind you, I've had to suspend my favorite student. Now everybody's my favorite now, but back in the day. My favorite oh, my sweet baby. If he came and asked me for my last five dollars today, I would make sure it was okay with my husband. But I would say, can we please get his baby this five dollars? Because I just can't let him go without. Sweetest person on earth. He made an error that he should not. He made a poor decision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Poor judgment call. And I had to suspend my favorite student. I told her that story last night and let her know, as much as I adore you, if you go out here and do what you want, want to do, what you were, were telling this person you were going to do to them, that I will suspend you as well. Do you understand that? And so, you know, I won't suspend them. The director of student conduct reports to me will suspend them. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, but, yes, you you, you have to do um, do what you're supposed to. Repeat your question because you know I, get, I got lost again.
0: Uh, no, it's like we're pretty much going to conversations about just, I know like last time was just basically when you helped the student and everything. And then we transitioned to just basically how like, you know, students can pretty much change over time. And times you know, it's just like, for instance, like well that one student you had to kick off and then like for hazing and then he came back four years. And now you're speaking about like just how other students are basically like, you know, just... Yeah, how they're like even though they were your favorite they're that you have a deep love for them like, mm-hmm. so I to suspend them and that's okay it's great to be dutiful mm-hmm. you know duty has to stand first and everything you know I, I remember the first time I was suspended like from college I think that was <laughs> you way got good. suspended college? yeah it was community college same community college I have an issue with it was just it was mostly because I was just writing like my snapchat tag like all over like, The walls and everything, and like the you know, and the libraries and stuff, Ooh, so I, yeah, you can't do that, yeah. So it's like they <laughs> saw sad. it as they saw it as graffiti, so it's just like, I mean, vandalism,
1: and, graffiti, yeah, all that
0: basically. And I they had to get all the police to come into my first block <laughs> class. I'm like, what's going on here? Like, we're looking for. <laughs> we're looking for teeth to feel i'm just like that's me did i do something i hope that nobody framed me for someone's like oh no you're just graffiting all the snapchat tag i didn't think it was such a big deal because it was just like people write on the walls all the time and it's just but but i guess they they never write their names or their
1: how big (laughs) yeah how big was the writing
0: it was just a little bit it was just like enough to just like for somebody to just see it but not too much and everything i did with a permanent marker you know that's what i'm saying
1: oh you know
0: Man, I mean, they I pretty, pretty much got it off now, but it's like, you know, that was so long ago, man. <laughs> I remember, I was how old? I was I was 18, 19 years old, I think, when that happened. Gosh, I'm literally 23. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm old now. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. young, but I'm old. Yeah. yeah. And everything. It's just like, my mindset is so different. Like, I yeah. still have, like, a sense of anxiety and depression, but it's like, it's like, I manage everything to, like, a more, like, channeled sense. It's just mm-hmm. like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> now yeah. it's just like, yeah, man. That's, that's I not- remember what I was
1: going to say to you. Mm-hmm. I was going to say all the heartbreak, all of the, um, you know, friendships not working out, the betrayals, or you, you know, doing so much for folks and then them falling short of, you know, remotely being able to do the same for you. You know, all of that is part of growing up. That's the the not-so-comfortable part of developing into who you are because you're learning about you, you're learning about others, you're learning who is there for you, who, who can be there for you. Sometimes people, it's not that they just don't want to or don't think you deserve that. People have their own stuff, and they can hurt you while they're trying to figure out who they are. Some people have no idea who they are. And, you know, some people just making bad judgment calls. I mean, you're 19 years old, you're going to hurt some people's feelings. <laughs> like, that's the reality. you about to, you're at a college setting, but the awesome thing is that you're in a protected setting more so where there are people around who anticipate that. There are certain high points in the semester, like there are trends that are going to happen. I know within the first couple of weeks of school, what types of behaviors to expect. I know that second, you know, chunk of of the second few weeks that I know within that month span some things I need to anticipate I know in this last little stretch I know exactly what's going to start happening what calls I'm going to start getting because of the trends now COVID has switched that up just a little has shifted some of that just a little but you as individuals as students in this in the setting all together certain things are just, are, you can anticipate, you can study and research and understand, all right, we're gonna have a, probably a, a depressive state during the time where daylight savings comes, where a lot of pe- people gonna not get a lot less sunlight or darkness can depress more students. All right, so now I need to keep an eye out for those who are gonna be struggling with academics and with this weather, and they may not even realize that the weather is a part of it. And so, you know, it's a ton of different things. Well, my point being, all the stuff that sucked that you're like, I'm still recovering from that, even your recovery is a part of your journey. Even you realize how placing, where does all that stuff that happened, where does that fit within your life? What did it mean? Was some of it just useless? Why did people treat me that way? I did nothing to deserve that. What did I do? What is wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. We're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to make it. and Everybody doesn't mean you well Everybody doesn't mean you harm, but those are the things you have to figure out as you're building your tribe and your community and learning who you are. So, even though that sucks, and it does, I've experienced, you know, hurt. I've now I've hurt people, just like I've, you know, been hurt and been impacted. And I've been a good friend, and I've been a not so good friend. You know, personally, I get so busy with work that uh, I sh- I could be a better friend. You know, where I could spend more time. And so, but that's a part of growing up and a part of learning about who you are and the types of people you want around you. And it's okay. It's okay.
0: Yeah, oh well, yeah, sometimes. I feel like I needed to hear that stuff for, like, a while, though. But it's just, like, considering how, like, we don't really even talk, talk like that. we just mostly really on some, like, casual type hello and everything mm-hmm. of that nature. It just really adds on to the legacy of, like, going to an HBCU. I said all my kids are definitely going to go to HBCU for sure. So there's hearing this, like, right now, like, 20, 30 years in the future. I don't know. How old am I? Okay, I'm 23. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. 20, 30 years in the future, go to an HBCU, please.
1: If that's the best decision for you,
0: it is the best decision. <laughs> you
1: don't even know them yet. Leave
0: it below. I'm just saying, yeah, like, exactly. it's just like don't, don't even put yourself in that predicament. I'm not trying to like look down at PWI or something. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, even if like a PWI try to get you for like playing sports or anything, just, just take, take your talents to an HBCU, please. <laughs> Show them what's baller right at HBCU. They can't mess with no HBCU. Go to go to Howard University, something like that. Go to a major one.
1: So never let someone tell you that HBCUs are lesser than. How about that? And you make the decision that's best for you holistically. I'm a product of PWIs. So I never thought of it like that while I was going to school is that I'm a product of PWIs. But I am here serving our students, and I'm, I believe doing so very well. And I'm not a product of an HBCU. Um, but... I th- said right. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm here. I'm thinking. I was I was, I was mm, I pausing. I'm was pausing for a second.
0: Brought to you by Sonics on you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are silly. Um I, I'm not a product of an HBCU. Um but I believe that my education prepared me and my experiences prepared me to be right where I'm supposed to be. Mm. And so it's each everybody's journey is their own. And when you're, you know, if you are someone who has spirituality or is a spirit or you're a spiritual person or you're guided. For me, I'm, I believe that um, I believe in God and I believe that I'm guided and given peace by God. That is my personal, you know, personal belief not to be forced on anyone else. And, you know, everyone has their, their space and their rights and I'm here to protect that. Um, but for me, you know, I believe that if it was my purpose to come here with the set of experiences that came from an HBCU, that's what I would have. And so this is where God wants me to be. I feel that and know that at this time, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I I know that the things he did to prepare me were what he wanted for me to have. And so I want to always make sure students and people know you have free will, you have a right to choose and uh, you have a right to be who you are and to, to pursue happiness and whatever that looks like for you. It may not necessarily be what your mama wanted to look like because I know you, you look at your parents. There are probably things they want you to go do that you're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe you check the box 98% of the time, but then maybe that 2% you're like, I'm not interested in that. And they want that. And that's okay. You don't have to, you have you have to live this life. You have to walk in these shoes. And as long as you pay your own bills, you can do what you want, right? <laughs> Most parents will say, you, you going to do this, this, this. But no, it's, it's totally fine um, for you not to. For you to have your own way of thinking and so make sure you keep that in mind that you want to encourage other people to have that too
0: oh yes most definitely mm-hmm. most definitely like for real i know between in, in between generations it could be like a little bit of a struggle trying to communicate in between mm-hmm. for like you know trying to communicate like yourself and like your needs and your wants and just in between it's just it's just different you know mm-hmm. social media age generation Z. Nineties age, eighties age, seventies age. Um, I can't really guess like, you know, my parents have got different ages and stuff, mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, so it's just like, you know, there's different dynamics. But it's like at the same token, it's just like, you know, trying to build yourself as an individual can be very taxing and I know you spent said a whole lot about just like, you know, just how we're just all in a process of healing and everything and it's just all part of growing up mm-hmm. and stuff of that nature. Um what would you say for, like, students that are just kind of, like, in, like, not in between, but are just kind of transitioning? It's just, like, you know, because I, I even at this age, like, I kind of thought I'd have everything kind of figured out, but now I don't know why. I just thought my whole life afterward was just going to be just everything going to just fall in place and everything. I thought by by this age, everything would just be all together. But, I mean, it is, but it isn't <laughs> very much so. uh, what, what would be, like, your advice to students that are just kind of, like, winging it for a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. What would be your advice? I would say you don't have to
1: have all the answers today. You you don't have to be, you know, your first year of college and you have it all mapped out. Because I can tell you, you don't. You can have the perfect There's only one student I ever met. <laughs> and this young man, when I met him, his first few weeks of college, told me he wanted to be a lawyer. He was determined. And he joined the Student Judicial Board. And he is finishing his last year of law school right now. He's going to be a lawyer. <laughs> but there was a lot of things he had to learn in between. But what my point in saying that is it is very rare that somebody knows the moment you step into college, everything that you want to happen, and then for you to think that everything is going to happen exactly how you think it is. it should. Things are going to change. Your plans may shift a little, even if it's only a little. And sometimes they'll shift a lot. Sometimes you learn yourself after your year and realize I don't want to do this thing that I thought I wanted to do, you know, my whole life. I don't want that. I'm not interested in that. I thought I wanted to be a vet until I took zoology. Mm. One class, let me know. I was not going to be a vet. <laughs> I wasn't. And <laughs> that, that was in high school. And I really, you know, so. Um, but things are going to shift and change for you. It's okay. Enjoy the ride enjoy the journey along the way is where you're picking up memories where you're you're these are things you're gonna look back on and laugh your butt off and you know y'all gonna look back on it. like remember we were the Mac and Alejandro was wearing that green uh sweater uh with that scarf on it you know that that's the these this is what the memories are made of it's it's the journey the things that are happening along the way so take that in don't be so focused on checking all these boxes that you miss out on living because believe me, as someone who was a box checker, by 23, I had a master's degree. Um, by 24, I was married and living, you know, out of state in a beautiful, beautiful place. And I still had a quarter life crisis. I call it, a, you know, at 25, I was like, wait, I did all the stuff I was supposed to do correctly. You know i went to school I, I got my degrees i didn't get pregnant i <laughs> i married a great man and i have a comfortable life and now what i oh i need more goals i need to keep elevate you know let me go be the dean and guess what that happens so now what
0: <laughs> now i need to re-figure it out you see so that is so true like, i just realized like man like wow i overcome so much stuff i managed to become an honorable student but there's still like an emptiness there and i feel like it's a good thing and a bad thing to want more for yourself mm-hmm. At the same token, um... I feel like, in my sense, it's, like, definitely I'm messing up on the romantic side of everything. Like, it's, it's desolate. Like, I'm, I'm hoping things to change up soon. Um yeah I could I could probably get more clothes and everything like, I, I, I like clothes um I want to really focus on my music too for the next couple years like I, I just dropped the mixtape in April and everything which is kind of late for me than my standard I, I kind of thought I was gonna start dropping music around 1819 and then just kind of keep it going for a couple years um but that wasn't the case um but it's like I still got more time I'm still pretty young you know. I'd be thinking I'm old, but it's just like, I'm still kind of young. I'm, I mean, the cutoff year for this whole music thing is going to be probably 32 for me. Like, uh, after 32, I, I feel like it's time to put it down. <laughs> but it's like, but that's still like a long ways away, you know, at the same time. That's like, well, okay, that's, yeah, that's nine years. Yeah, I got a cool in nine years. So it's Why like, 32? I don't know because it's just like at the same token, it's like, you know, I'm not like a, I'm not like a, like a thug or a gangster. So it's just like, it'd be kind of weird, like trying to rap, like, you know, and you're just a regular person, you know, at 30. I mean, people like to grow up with the music, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I try to like get it. Finish as young as possible, so like people. So if I were to set up a fan base and everything, they can grow with me over the years. And then when I start to kind of transition and kind of put the stuff down, they've pretty much reached a time in their age. Where it's like wow, like I really used to listen to this person growing up.
1: It's like yeah, I'm
0: kind of at that age now. We're just kind of settling down and whatnot. I mean, so like you know, it's just like it's just a matter of momentum and everything. It's it's hard to grow with somebody that started like a 30 something. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, and that's when my main audience would be like people like in high school to college age, you know, that's that's kind of my focus right now. That's what I'm shooting. And they're in their 20s or whatever. And it's just it's just stuff like that. You know, it's just it's just a matter of just trying to get things on time as best I can, which is like I hate myself for not using all that financial aid for just music only. But it's just it's just kind of how it is, you know, like it's better off now than never. So it's like I'm just keep it going with that.
1: So to be clear, you're quite young. Um, and what, ooh, I asked you that question because that's an example of how we put these parameters on ourself out of nowhere. So now you're just adding another stressor of a timeline. So now you beat yourself up for not doing it sooner, and now you're giving yourself only nine years to be able to accomplish it instead of just, I love music. I want to do music, I want to be successful at music, so I'm just going to work at music and just enjoy enjoy making it, enjoy finding people to collab with, enjoy writing it, you know, enjoy figuring out how to get the equipment to enjoy that, as opposed to, I only have nine years. No, I get to do this, because nothing's stopping me from doing this. Now, that's, that's, that's the perspective. We have to lean into that a lot more, and we'll find joy way more often when we're not trying to make sure we check a box and do it the right way it's okay to do it differently than what some people might think you're supposed to do it because guess what you just you become people when you just conform to it and now it you just people just like everybody's people so why should somebody else do it the way you say they should do it when it's their life it's the same concept so you know you you don't be able to to answer your question earlier Don't be so concerned about checking the box or having the right answer that you don't live the life that's going to inform you on what you actually want to do. When you explore who you are in a safe way, when you get to know people, when you get involved on campus, when you get your little job at the Starbucks, and, you know, when you go to class and you learn and you read and you observe people, you learn the things that help you get to know yourself and when you get to know yourself you know what you want more and then you know what you want to do but you can't get to the end part of knowing what you want to do without getting to know who you are a little bit and what motivates you and what makes you happy and that happens along the journey of growing up in this space you said earlier you're you know that people like us who are around you and your friends and all that is even more impacting the family. In reality, it's a sequence. Mm. Your family is there to put the foundation down. They're there to raise you and to feed you and to put that foundational things of what they believe. And then when you depart from, when you leave from home now, you have to take what they, they taught you and take in the world for yourself and determine what do I believe? You know, I'm taking into account what they taught me. And most of the time you want to be able to lean on what your parents, you know, the good stuff that they told you, but also you lean on on that, but you are building and learning for yourself. That's 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 what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. So even though stuff gets hard, know that you're right where you're supposed to be and you're growing how you're supposed to be growing. And even though you're experiencing challenges, you're gonna overcome those. But you don't put limitations on yourself, because um, we sabotage ourselves often by doing that. Mm-hmm. So don't, because you don't have to. You don't have to have the answers today, but you can't stop living. So you keep pushing and keep enjoying and living and exploring in a safe way <laughs> yourself um, so you can get that direction.
0: Well, yeah, no, most definitely, man, most definitely. I feel like you touched on a whole lot of bases, man. That's just, I know, like it's just like, especially it's great hearing a lot of these words because like I'm, I'm still in like some transitional phase myself, man. Like I'm, I'm talking, I'm. There's like a sense where like I know things are gonna be all right, but there's like there's just this this sadness of just like all the things I missed out on, like five from just a five year span to go from 18 to now. Because I thought when I graduated high school, I thought everything was just going to be like, I thought my life had begun. Like, oh wow, things are going to be different. I can leave this lame school. I can be open to the world. Things are going to be fine. And then something hit me like this with the medical condition and I just, I didn't know what to do. And it's just, I'm just trying to seek out answers as best I can. You know, things are so, things were so messed up. You end up paying a $100 to somebody to look at cars to see the future, man. It's just like, you know, it's just, it'd be that bad. He said a lot of positive things. Things and everything I know, like a lot of the spiritual guides I go to, like because sometimes I be trying to go to different ones just to see if like they're saying like the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like well, maybe somebody say like might say one thing, somebody might say another thing and whatnot, say, like, they, they usually say the same thing about I'm gonna live a long life, even before I even ask. I don't even ask sometimes. It's mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, you're gonna live like up to 80, 90 years old and everything. You are gonna find a wife, you're gonna have children that love you mm-hmm. and stuff of that nature. You're gonna get over this issue. You're gonna just, everything's gonna be just fine and everything, you know, you're gonna become a leader in your community. You know, I'm Liberian and everything, it's just my dream to help my people as best I can. And it's like, I always feel like, you know, there's always the sense that maybe I'm just not good enough, maybe I'm just not smart enough, or maybe I'm just not as honorable enough to leave my people, although it's just you know all I do is like I mean welfare like them as best I can, you know, mm-hmm. and that that's just that's just all oh, like my dream is like you know to be do so well in business or to make bring so much profit in, whether if it's in music or however so that uh that I could be able to start several businesses so that when people leave Liberia and they come to the states, they already have a job set up for them. And then their kids can go to school here, and then their kids can go to college and everything, and then we can just keep it going for generations and generations. So, you know, just trying to build wealth and bring it, you know, just maintain it within the community as best we can. Um, so we can better compete, you know, better uh, compete with other like like the Vietnamese, uh, the uh, the Koreans. So like, it could be us owning the corner store, mm-hmm. corner stores and everything, and it would really help us like with like you know African and Black American relations too. If instead they had the corner stores and everything by Vietnamese and the Koreans and the you know the Jewish folk and everything, if it was just Africans running all these stores for a while, it would help our relations. One, it will probably help connect us uh, back home to. in that sense so that's just kind of that's just the future i would want to like set seeds to kind of establish in the future so but it's like you know it's always an issue within our community where we're always trying to compete with each other people fighting people don't want people to do well and everything it's something that even stretches back home Mm -hmm. and stuff of that nature so you end up having a lot of folk trying to really really in a sense just kind of hinder your hinder your growth Mm-hmm. And it can be dangerous too, because like sometimes they will try to like put spells on people too. You have to close the door, go vacuuming.
1: He vacuums here. He does.
0: How often?
1: Uh, I want to say at least a couple. I hear him at least a couple times a week. I don't know if he's supposed to do it every day, but he vacuums all the time.
0: Alejandro is actually really disciplined. Like you know, yeah, like setting <laughs> aside. Like I feel like that's like, like like his. Cause I know I had him on an episode on one of my own, one of the Mental Thugs podcasts and everything. Dude is really. I feel like what... His family really, like, conditioned him to seriously be disciplined, to really Mm -hmm. hold his values as consistent as possible. So I Mm -hmm. always found that... I always admired that about him. I always thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. What's cool is
1: there's so much to all of Mm y'all that y'all don't necessarily... Some of y'all see, I think. A lot of times, good guys peep good guys. I I noticed that about y'all. Like, y'all see each other in the different ways that... Even I wouldn't be able to see you. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. you... I, I seriously hear y'all through the wall all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I got hear what y'all talking about, and I was, like, and you know, this is your space. So even though my office is in here, I try to make sure I respect the fact that y'all are supposed to be, you know, talking and learning whatever. And so, but like all I hear is Alejandro all the time, just yelling, arguing, <laughs> going back and forth. But I also see him once y'all leave, vacuuming, picking up, making sure the lights are off, making sure the door is closed, make sure I'm good before he leaves. Y'all may not see that part, but I see that too. So I'm like, you know what? Again, there's not just one part of you. There's so many different sides and pieces to you that make make up the one person. And that's the beauty of it.
0: That's the yeah, dope man.
1: part of it is is knowing that. So, yeah, he out the vacuum. I can yeah. bet you that's Alejandro.
0: You can tell that he was raised by, like, a good family, though, for sure, man. Because they can really, like, you know... Uh, I don't want to say immerse, like, uh, like, I don't want to say erase, like, instill values in you where you carry it, even in college and everything. It'd be a struggle for me to clean up my own room. I- I'm going to be honest, man. It's like It'd be like, okay, I'm going to get it today. I'm going to start a little bit today and then maybe a little bit tomorrow and then a little bit, yeah, <laughs> you know, <exactly>. like literally, <laughs> literally be like that. I need to really cut that out for real. Cause I'm going to start moving to an apartment. Someone and everything that was all at the door too. No, nah, that was Dr. Heath. Oh, that was Dr. Heath. Okay, then like, you know, we don't, we don't want to stay too long. I know we tried to do this for like 30 minutes, but it's like, you know, it's, it's already been an hour. Oh
1: goodness, and I have class here here shortly. <laughs>
0: what time do you do your class start?
1: Uh, it starts at four, so I like to be there around uh, actually, three. I usually go over there at three, but I, w- I started a little late with you, so I wanted you to have the time that you
0: needed. Okay. So, well, yeah, I guess we need to start like closing it in though, because it's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have really put out a whole lot of insights. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. and yeah, this is a really, really good episode. I try to make get like Doctor Heath to go past thirty minutes. i like, man, <laughs> ain't nobody trying to do past thirty minutes. It's you know?
1: tough. It can be tough to to itch that time out, but I, you know, people did that for me when I was in school. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't know how the man. It was his name is Cedric Gathings. He was our mentor i don't know how he got work done we were always sitting in his office trying to talk to him kind of how y'all do dr henson so i don't know how he got anything done but uh i want to end by by just letting you know all the adversity all of those things know that you're going to get you're going to get on the other side of that mm. the, these things even though in the midst of it it's like why is this happening this sucks why is it happening to me i don't want to be feeling this the the benefits that come with what you learn about yourself and what you gain all that comes into the good stuff that happens on the other side. So when you do meet your wife, and you do develop your relationship, and you do get married, you do have your children. The value that you're going to place on that, and the way you're going to treat them and care for them, is going to be so deeply ingrained that 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 legacy is going to live on through the love that you're going to put into your family, and the, the joy that you have for having them, and the appreciation for your wife. So she then becomes a, a you know a better person because the amount of love that's being poured in her so and that's just a one example of how it's going to manifest and it's like yeah this you know the things that are happening and the, the, where you are right now but just know that you're going to come out on the other side of this struggle it it's not going to be raining forever period it's not as long as you can stick through and be resilient you're going to come out on at the winning end of this
0: yeah man I really really hope so for sure man because all I want is really just to be like you know to be a I don't want to say a testament but just to be like I don't want to say like a bright and shining light but I just want to just lead my people into the future like friends you know my community my family Mm -hmm. and everything and you know I want to start my family on my own and everything and I just want to be an honorable husband I want to be a great husband I want to just be somebody that I can really like you know balance my wife out because that's like I always feel like you know I grew up in Circles of a, a toxicity, too. And I just want to break that cycle and everything. I feel like my brother's pretty much getting on the right way and everything. Um, and it's just, it's really just my sense of just trying to figure, you know, everything else out and trying to figure, like, um, what works best so like in terms of just like how i express myself how to carry myself how to like heal myself from my past and i let it like drag into other things so when you're unhealed it starts dragging and bleeding into your relationships too and i just don't want to do that and everything so it's just it's really just it's all just a process and everything but you know i do thank you miss our dean joy how hard <laughs> I want to always try to push D- dean you know, especially when I talk to Dr. He. I always say doctor, doctor, doctor because y'all really did earn y'all positions. I don't want to make it seem like it's nothing. So you know, but I really do thank you for the conversation. It was wonderful. This is a great episode. This is episode wait, 46. Yeah, 46. This is a 46 <laughs> episode. Four more episodes till 50. You're helping me go on my way. Miss, if you want to leave any uh, last words for the audience, please.
1: Well, I'm glad I can help you on your way to 50. Uh, but again, you all just persevere. Just know that, you know, there's always going to be that sunshine that comes out. No matter how dark it is, that darkness won't last always. And uh, I'm excited for your future. I'm excited for the great things that you are going to encounter moving forward. And congratulations on being a resilient young man. I'm proud of you.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. You really think I could actually do some good things? I
1: know you will do good things, without a doubt, dear, without a doubt.
0: Is, is it an energy thing?
1: It's, it's, I, it's. I know it, and the only difference is between you have vision. Oh, I meant to say that earlier. Is that when you have vision like that, mm. all you're missing is the belief and the absolute confidence of knowing you will achieve that vision. So once you have the confidence within you, that's the only thing that could possibly stop you. You believe it. And so that confidence is, is more than a key. It's everything. Mm-hmm. And you believe it. You have the vision. You work towards it. You can have it. So, But you have to have those three things. Is that hard work to get make it happen? And the perseverance. You have to have the vision. And you have to believe you can achieve it. All right, cool. Now, you can't miss that belief part because that will break you. Mm-hmm. But once you believe it, there's nobody who can stop you, dear. And I know that with all my heart. All right.
0: Cool. Thank you very much. That is it for the 46th episode of the Mental Threads podcast. Yeah, we are sewing in and now sewing out. Thank you very much, Miss Hartfield. Thank you.
1: You're welcome, sweetheart. Thank you. All
0: right. Take care, y'all.